The BS Report is a free-flowing conversation that occasionally touches on mature subjects. First of all, this is the BS Report with Bill Simmons. It might be cool, I don't know. And if it's not, I don't care. The BS Report with Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons works for ESPN. He's also named the sports guy. And he writes a comical sports column. You must be a popular dude. The BS Report. It's got a real dirty sound, like a rusty steak knife cutting through a well-aged steak. Now, now, now. Here's Bill Simmons. Welcome to BS Report. It's a sunny day here in Southern California. Do you know why? Because it's 90210 day. I have Matthew Barry in studio on the Subway Fresh Take Hotline, and uh, we're blowing this out. There's only one ever September the 2nd of 2010, 90210. It's a magical day. It's a a dated show. It started, I think, in uh, 1989, 1990. I am retiring all 90210 references after this podcast. I don't believe that, by the way. You know that, right? I'm going to do it. Listen, I'm blowing it out. We're going all out. I promise people are going to perform surgery on this show. (laughs) What what scares me is there's been a lot of anticipation for this podcast. Probably the most anticipated that I've had, although I, I don't really tell people ahead of time who the guests are, but in this case, people are either like, I can't believe you're doing this. But I'll, I'll definitely listen. But I can't believe you're doing this, or I can't believe how excited I am for this. I've gotten a lot of that. I've gotten a lot of both of, of both of those things. Like grow up, but a lot more people saying can't wait, very excited. Yeah. Who cares about fantasy football? Just start talking about nine hundred two and zero. Well, I think people forget how big of a show this was at the time. Like I looked in Wikipedia for the just the ratings. I was curious. Mm-hmm. Season four got a 21.1 million viewers. 21.1 million. <laughs> uh, that's like, that's like Average. a playoff game. That's a Average. playoff game now. To put that in perspective, uh, right. Brett Favre's first Monday night game against the Packers mm-hmm. was less viewers than that. The average right. 902-0 episode got more viewers than Brett Favre's comeback game against Green Bay. Right. This is before, this is before the internet, basically. Yep. I mean, before people used it as entertainment. Uh, before cell phones. Before, you know, before like before cable TV really take. Yeah, we had, didn't have a lot of channels. We didn't, didn't have really have didn't have DVDs at that point. Uh, and Monday night, once they spun off Melrose, Melrose place. place and Monday night turned into a night. I think it was Monday night. Was it Monday yeah. night or Thursday right. it was, night? Uh, no, it well, was Thursday night. I'm Thursday sorry. Thursday night for 9 or 2 but then they moved Melrose to Mondays because I remember the whole tagline. Mondays are a bitch. Right, right, and, that's right. Uh, which was, was just a fantastic... Uh, so the 92-93 season was season one of Melrose following uh, season four of 90210, which was the year uh, Dylan's father blew up. And that the went first head, time. And that went head-to-head against Cheers and Seinfeld, <laughs> and, which was really the first ever VCR, oh, I got to tape one show in another room while I'm watching these that I can remember a conundrum. It was it was such a huge show, and I remember. I mean, I was in college when the when the show came on, and I remember like initially starting to watch it because it was like a I, like a, the dorm room that I was in. Like yeah. the, there was only one TV that sort of had like cable or whatever, and so like everyone would go. Like all the girls on the floor would go to watch it. Yep. And like it was an easy way to talk to girls, and they like loved that. Like there was a straight guy that actually liked and could talk about nine hundred two and zero with them. I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you right there because this is the whole key to the nine hundred two and zero phenomenon. This was the greatest way to get into talking to women and making them laugh and being funny yep. and eventually making out with them five hours later. There was no better way. Now you have now that uh, restaurants and bars have banned smoking. Now you can meet girls outside of a bar or restaurant. Oh, can I have a light? Oh, can I have a cigarette? Twenty years ago, this was this was the best way to get in with a girl that you didn't really know. They, but oh, you watched nine hundred two and zero. Oh yeah. So selfishly, that was the main reason I watched it. Uh, but then I still watched it. I mean, religiously, and I haven't watched it since. So I mean, it's been twenty years, but I still, I, re, uh, I remember um, most of it, uh, except for my uh, my stupid I choose me brain fart on your last podcast. But. Well, I so. As I said the last time, I'm just going to say it again quickly. So I watched all of them as they happened. And then mm-hmm. when I had my old website and every morning I had to look, was looking for links because I had this daily links column and the web connections were so slow back then. I like to have something to watch on TV that wouldn't totally distract me. But for 15 seconds as I was waiting for a website to load, I could watch it. 
So at the time, FX was just running 90210 every morning for four episodes, three episodes, whatever. And I would just have it on. And, you know, they'd roll through all 10 seasons in four months. And for three years, it was just that was my morning. I was watching uh, 90210 as half-heartedly as these things. So I kind of all the plots became kind of ingrained in my head, not in a good way. (laughs) Right. I might have overdone it. No, listen, you I, I mean, it what the thing about it is is that when I have caught reruns, it's unbelievably still watchable. It's really good. I mean, that's the thing of it. Like as terrible a show as it is, you know, it's so watchable and listen, saw every episode. In fact, when we were in college, my buddy Adam Shapiro and I decided to uh the night of the prom episode. Yeah. We got dressed up in suits, we took girls out, we had a big dinner, came back, got drunk, watched the prom episode. Oh. Oh, it was great. We went you to the prom. You were as drunk as Donna. Oh, totally. Totally. Luckily, we, we managed to graduate. But, uh, but yeah, good time Co- was had by all that night. A couple of things people forget about this show. First of all, it was not the funniest show of the 90s, but it was in the top five. It wasn't <laughs> as consistently funny as Seinfeld, but I, no show ever embraced the concept of unintentional comedy. It like invented this show it. Had. This show had Ian Ziering as a cast member for 10 years. I think on I think uh, Gabrielle Carteris was literally 29 years old. Yeah, when she started. When yeah. she started. Do you know she's she's literally 50 years old now. She's like 49 or 50. It's the ba- put it this way, if you had done a parody of a show about teenagers living in Beverly Hills, you wouldn't have really changed much from what this show seriously tried to do. Right. And no. that's one of the reasons we loved it. It was really funny in not in not ways that it really intended it to be funny, but also they'd have these dramatic moments where you'd go Whoa, that was actually kind of a moment. What just happened there? Well, it went, it went, I mean, it dealt with such serious issues, right? Yeah. And, it, and did it in sort of, sort of kind of a ham-handed, goody-two-shoes sort of way. Yeah. And, and it, you know, and it, like, it's in a completely white cast, but, like, every once in a while they try to do the big racism episode. Once yep. or twice a year, they do that. and uh, Diet pills, drugs. Every, uh, one of them had a, every one of them had an addiction, and... What was hilarious about the show is because it was so popular and went on for so many years, so many things, uh, how many different uh, characters on the show uh, either got raped, were attempted raped, were accused of rape. Date um, rape. Date rape. Ton yeah. of it. Right. How many people got addicted to either pills or Coke or heroin or, you know, crystal alcohol, meth. crystal yeah. meth, gambling, uh, you know, every single one of them had at least one addiction. All right. And we're going to cover all of this. So I made these awards. I, You know a couple of them that yep. are coming, but... Uh, you don't know all of them. The readers were just unbelievable. I, I, I dare I say this is one of the great performances <laughs> in the history of the sports guy reader uh, community. Just really like people really took a vested interest in trying to help out. Um, one ground rule. Okay. So this show lasted 10 seasons. Um, Brandon left about eight episodes in the season nine. Right. And at that point, he left, put it this way, he, he picked a nice time to leave. Um, I'm going to concentrate on everything from... Uh, when he was on the show to when he left and Dylan's comeback and all that stuff. Uh, we're just going to ignore the See, show. It's terrible. Listen, it's the BS report. It's not the MB report. So right. your rules, fair enough. But I will just say, I think you're making a mistake because I think there's some gold there that you're leaving on the table. I'm not I, saying listen, there wasn't some gold. I'm just I, I mean, saying listen, it's really hard to defend that, especially the last season. Kelly, Steve Kelly shooting her rapist in, in now where this, well, I I have a couple moments that we'll pretend were in the time frame. Okay. Okay. All right. So all right. I'm just saying right. there's 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 some gold on the table there. Steve's right. Steve, the birth of Steve's child. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> the, the wait, return the, of Dylan's father again. See that the, the, I don't want to pretend that that even happened. As far as I'm concerned, that didn't happen. Oh, it's it like absolutely Fletch two. happened. Fletch two for me. And stop it. It was, it was, that's the genius of this show. It's like they threw out all the rules. Like they had people throw. And I think, I, I could be wrong on this, but I think it, you, uh, you threw out Gina, right? Vanessa Marcel showed up, shows up after Brandon. It's tough to throw her out, but I got to oh. do it. Um, so we're splitting this up into preliminary categories. Okay. Um, the main categories, and then the majors, much like the Oscars, where the, <laughs> right. the Oscars have best director, best set. So we, we're saving that for the last. So Got it. the preliminary categories we're going to rush through. Uh, the nominees for Best Peach Pit After Dark owner. Oh, okay. Right. David Silver, sure. Valerie Malone, Dylan McKay, Noah Drake, and, uh, and Rush Sanders. Yes, Rush Sanders, right? People forget that Rush owned it for a little while. I have my pick, but I'm willing to be talked out of this one. Do you have a favorite? It's Valerie. It, it, uh, Valerie was uh, Valerie was conniving. 
uh, Valerie, when she wasn't owning the Peach Pit, wanted to work there as a manager because she was destitute. She, she was, ran a gambling operation. She ran a gambling operation. I think she was on board with a strip club that they tried to open. She uh, slept with Ray Pruitt and then drove with, him out of town right. and he wouldn't keep sleeping <laughs> exactly. with her. Exactly. She yeah, sl- well. yeah, she slept with the axe. Yeah, I, I, think it's, I think it's Valerie. And to be honest, I don't think it's close. We're, uh, we're on the same page. The winner of that is Valerie Malone. Most, but- dated, most dated celebrity cameo. These are some great ones here. Color Me Bad. Yeah. Barry Bonds. Mm-hmm. Carrie Strug. Howie Long. Jade. Polly Shore. Steve Young. And then as a combo, uh, right there during the ninth, right after the 92 World Cup or 94 World Cup, Kobe Jones and Paul Caliguri <laughs> were randomly yep. at the uh, at the debutante dinner when Dylan showed up drunk and found out Kelly was dating uh Dating Brandon. Brandon, right. There was just, a, and they didn't even have any lines. They're just like, hey, is it, aren't those the two soccer guys? And that was it. Um, the winner for this category is going to be Barry Bonds, and here's why. Okay. First of all, he was playing Barry Larson, right. not Barry Bonds, a professional baseball player, Barry Larson. They were right. afraid. Maybe they couldn't get Bobby Bonds. I'm not sure what happened there. Right. Um, so, also, pre-steroids, and that's what really makes it dated. Is he's actually a normal size, and his head is a normal size. And well, and he teaches Rush and Steve about cheating at golf, like how yes. to win fairly. Yes, I wrote a whole column about this once. Right. Actually, uh, the irony of Barry Bonds upbraiding somebody else for cheating. Um, you I can will... talk me into color me bad for this category. I'll be honest, but I, I just pre-steroids Barry Bonds. I don't know if they, if you can well, beat that. Well, I mean, it's dated in that sense, except for the the fact is is that if you watched it today. See, I don't know that dated, most ironic, I would oh. give you, but most dated. I mean, Barry Bonds is still a big star. People have heard of him. You know, it, so you're it, saying Color Me Bad is so dated, it's so like impossible no to believe they're stars. Yeah, no one knows who Color Me Bad is. No one knows who Jade is. No one right, knows maybe. who Kobe Jones is. I, I, I mean, but I would think Color Me Bad because it's such a iconic part of the, of the era you know, yeah. I mean, one uh, that boy band, they were a one-hit wonder, basically. Yeah, and, I and, th- and David Silver was desperate to meet them. Desperate to meet them. And that, and that of course, that particular episode threw off a huge plot line, which was Donna discovering the, uh, the affair oh, yeah, her mother. of her yeah. mother. Okay, uh, you, you at, talk the, me at the Beverly Hills Hotel. By the way, but I want to nominate a subcategory of this, Yeah, which is uh, nominees of most ridiculous celebrity dragged to the peach pit, because... If you remember, Donna's so depressed over the discovery of her mom's affair that yeah. Kelly ends up. Kelly, of course, gets backstage to the uh, to the color me bad. Who yeah. knew those guys were interested in girls? She probably had sex with two of them. At they least. didn't show it. it um, certainly in her character arc. So Kelly brings color me bad back to the peach pit. So it, that's one nominee. Or Ooh. Burt Reynolds. Getting dragged. Remember when the uh, the tour group comes through, and the and the and the, uh, the the leader of the tour group turns out to be a scam artist. So somehow Steve and Brandon, Steve through his mom Samantha Sanders, is yeah. somehow friends with Burt Reynolds, even though she was just a sitcom star. But yeah. somehow she's she's friends with this huge movie star from the seventies, and they somehow get Burt Reynolds to come to the Peach Pit to make the the Burt Reynolds fan club tour group. I like this idea, and I'm also going to throw in Milton Berle as another one. Although he didn't wasn't playing Milton Berle, he was playing uh, Alzheimer's old guy. But right. still, they brought him to the Peach Pit, and it was kind of a weird. It's like, hey, anybody want to meet my friend from the nursing home? Right, Gr- was, grilled cheese, anybody? That was that episode was so clearly. Uh, oh, we're going to get to that. Ian Ziering's uh, Emmy reel. Yeah, that, you know. All right. Well, he co-wrote it. So, all right. I, I, mean, I agree so with dumb. you. We're going to change that to color me bad. All right. Next category because we got to go through these. We got. But but Burt Reynolds is by far, I think, the the most ridiculous person to show up at the Peach Pit. Yeah, it's the only one where you actually felt bad for him. You're like, <laughs> right. wow, you're the biggest star in the world ten years ago, and now you're in scenes with Ian Ziering. Right. Best female love interest. This is a big category. Nobody knew this was going to come up in the preliminaries, but we got to spruce it up. This is like when they the supporting actress early in the Oscars. Yeah, like, yeah, you got a big do, one. USA USA Today has an early deadline for their first printing, so they needed to get one of these categories in for lead. <laughs> right. All right, here we go. All right, well, question for you. Yeah. Because I think sort of like supporting like comedy and drama, I feel like best love interest that was not in the was that was never in the opening credits. Yes. Okay. I'm with you. That's okay. what we have. Okay. Uh, Antonio Marchette, Dylan's uh, mafioso sure. wife, sure, who got gunned down. Ariel, the record company whore. Right. Who, who gave sh- David Silver crabs. Right. Who <laughs> gave David Silver crabs. And she shows up again. It shows uh, up again. Tries to seduce Ray Pruitt. Right. Exactly. When she, exactly. Uh, so. Celeste Lundley. Yeah, uh, Steve Jennifer Sanders, Grant. the best Steve Sanders girlfriend, played by uh, Jennifer Grant. Celebrity Laker fan's daughter. 
Yeah, Diane Cannon, Jennifer who made Gaines. an appearance in the show. Yep. Young Emily Valentine. Now, I'm going to clarify this. Young mm-hmm. Emily Valentine, Valentine, the one that set, every, set things on fire and drug branded and had the short frosted hair. Not older, uglier Emily Valentine, who we're going to get to. Right. The, the one who, was, uh, the one who, who uh, left for a career in marine biology. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. <laughs> um, so and had, like, mustard hair. Yeah. Uh, but was, Su- yeah. Okay. Susan Keats, the aborter. Yes. Who was Brandon's girlfriend right, in at the, uh, season at the, six. Right. At the, at, she was the, uh, the hard-nosed editor. And they 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 uh, they had their playful banter, and you could tell it was playful banter because they called each other by the last name Walsh Keith. Yeah, that's yeah, a good, that, great point. Right, that was their, actually uh, my favorite Brandon girlfriend out of all of them. You know what's surprising? Me too. I you know like kind of I was like making notes I, in the middle of fantasy football season, Bill. You yeah. know where it's just hardcore. Literally, I'm sitting here. I've been uh, you know making notes and everything like that. Uh, they asked me to do Roma's Burning today, and I was literally like, I can't. I'm doing okay. a 902 podcast with Get something Bill. much bigger. <laughs> I'm just... So, I yeah, she had her... Susan Keats had... She, I got to say, she had some good acting moments, including the, the abortion episode, oh. which was a big one. Oh, Brandon absolutely. found out when they she found had, out with, at had the, one at in the, the past, and this is when the abortion the article. was not really... Yeah, she, wrote the, she wrote the article about the woman that had had the abortion, and then it turned out she was the woman in the article, and the mm. ex-boyfriend that had uh, knocked her up came back, and Brandon was all jealous. Yeah. Good yeah. one. Uh, two more. Okay. Brooke, the racist, racist yes, volleyball the racist player. volleyball player. Kind of hot. She looked like oh. Julie Bowen a little oh, bit. Yeah. And she said stuff like, oh, what, doesn't Andre have money? She's Jewish. Right. And, yeah. like, whoa, whoa. <laughs> and then Brandon finally broke up with her because he just couldn't handle her racism. There was a, there, I mean, I hope that racism is its own category. Like most important racist lesson, you know, most important <laughs> racism we learned because it shows up a lot. Well, I think the lesson we learned is don't be a racist. Well, I understand. But but best example of that, like, all right, so we'll get to this. But I want to do a racism category because okay, it's we'll so ridiculous. It. All right. Um, the thing that bothered me with Brandon is don't break up with the racist. Have some hate sex with her and then break up with her. <laughs> exactly. And then finally, uh, last but not least, Lucinda Nicholson. Oh, Brandon's older the professor's TA. wife. Yeah, who, the married the married professor. The married professor who uh, this is. I'm going to tell this story. I've never told this story in the podcast. All right. My wife is about to give birth to uh, to my daughter. Mm-hmm. It's 2005. We're driving. We we spent the night in the hospital. She doesn't go. They think she's going to go in labor. She doesn't. We drive home. Go to sleep for a couple hours. Wake up. Now she's in labor. Got to go to the hospital. But I haven't had coffee yet. I need coffee. I'm not, I'm not going to. I know we're going to go through this long thing. Stop at a Starbucks. My wife is in labor in the passenger seat. I'm like, just, I'll be, I'll be quick. I'll make it quick. Go in. Lucinda Nicholson in the Starbucks. <laughs> not looking that great either. Right, no, yeah. So I get the coffee. I'm all excited. I come back out and I'm like, you're not going to believe it was in the Starbucks. Lucinda Nicholson. And she's like, just try the hospital. <laughs> That's my Lucinda Nicholson story. Nice. Uh, the winner I'm going to give for best female. Love well, I'm, I'm surprised. So no Tracy. That was the girlfriend. after. No, Keats. we're going to get to her. Okay. Um, and, and no, uh, and I, I, you know who I would have thought was an honorable mention. Yeah. Uh, in there since uh was the and I don't remember the name of the character. I know I mean I remember the name name oh, of the I'll remember it. Uh it was well the name of the actress is Tracy Middendorf and I know it just because I know her I met her like once or twice. I was all excited because she'd been on like five episodes of 90210. She was the girl that ultimately she was an acting student and she accused she dated Steve and then Oh yeah, Laura. Steve. Yeah, we're going to get to her. Oh okay. All right. I, she was too crazy to be hot. We're going to get to her, though. We, uh, we have there's, something, there's something there. I like the winner. Uh, the winner of this category, unless yep. you disagree, I'm giving it to Dylan's wife, played by Rebecca Gayhart, who was just breathtakingly beautiful. And uh, I actually thought she was going to have a huge career, and I'm not sure what happened. Now she's married to uh, the Grey's Anatomy doctor. Right. And uh, not sure. Uh, this really was her of a, peak of a, of a weird tape. Uh, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I, I, I don't know how Emily Valentine is so iconic. She was. She's the odds-on favorite. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like if they were doing the poll and the thing, it would like like should win. Like, you know, will win. Emily Valentine should win. I think she wins most compelling female love interest. But if you're just talking about who would I have wanted as my girlfriend out of these seven for five months, I think you pick the mafiosa princess. Wow. For me, I think I would have picked Keats. Oh wow! Yeah. She could have called you Barry. Yeah, exactly. We'd what are you working on, Barry? I don't know, Keats. What are you working on? Right, exactly. I did like Susan Keats' day border. Yeah. I, I am. I'm, uh, I'm still going with the mafia <laughs> way. 
Uh, Interesting, though. I like the uh, I like the back and forth. All right, that all brings right. us to worst Brandon love interest. Okay. Uh, not worst female love interest, but worst Brandon love interest because really nobody had worse taste in women than that. <laughs> it was like the secret little like, what the oh, F are you God. doing yeah. subplot of this show. It's like if you had somebody who was annoying or, or looked too old or whatever, he just gravitated to them. Uh, the nominees, Andrea Zuckerman. Absolutely. I think I, – why are we going – I can't believe there's any nominees after this. But well, go hold ahead. on. Uh, Tracy from season seven, the broadcaster. I just – Come right. on. Not even that cute. and, and uh, A desperate attempt to recreate the Keats magic. And, and, and just, how about this? Just make Keats part of the cast. Yeah. Uh, what happened to her? Nikki the freshman, who when Brandon was a senior, he dated oh, the ninth yes. grader. Who, uh, she was from San Francisco, and she originally dated David or was into David at one point. Weird little subplot there. She was the daughter in uh, the first vacation movie. That's right. Which came out in 1982, and this plot was like 1991. It was like, how is this this girl not age? What's her, what's her deal? Does She's she got some just, sort of magic. Uh, Vivica A. Fox. Brandon had a little yes. jungle fever uh, magic with. <laughs> uh, really forced. It was almost like the Fox producers told them, look, you got to put more black characters in this that show. Was, you just have to. That was yet another important lesson about racism. Yeah, it was. It uh, was. Because right. they moved into the neighborhood, right? And yeah. the, the you, Vivica Fox's brother. There was some robberies. Right. And yeah. And uh, and everyone was like very suspicious. And uh, the younger brother became the staff photographer at the Blaze. Yeah, I think so. And then the figure skater played by Gabriel Anwar, who is oh, who, who finally peaked one. in Son of a Woman. Right. That was early. That was like season one. Yeah. Really stupid. I'm not sure what they were thinking with the figure skater. And then finally, older Emily Valentine, the one with the <laughs> terrible hairdo who just wasn't cute. And she tried to burn herself at the high school and Brandon's like that's the one girl I really liked really you like the one girl who tried to set herself on fire at the high school and drugged you with ecstasy yeah. this is this is the love of your life Brandon uh, so I'm still giving it to Andrea Zuckerman just because yeah. anybody to be attracted to her was <laughs> it was outrageous outrage I, I mean I think that's an that's a whole separate category too I, I need to write these down that ones we're, ones we're doing we're definitely doing racism and then we're also doing most unbelievable Andrea love interest story Okay. I, I mean, like, so, like, right. Well, hold on. We got a lot to cover here. Hold on. Okay. This one's from David Walker and Charlotte. Right. This is his whole category. I loved it. So we're giving him credit. Best attempt to make Brandon look athletic. <laughs> <laughs> the nominees are high school basketball tryouts, Little League baseball coach, intramural hockey in college, speed skating, rollerblading, flag frat football when he was like their Wes Welker wide receiver. Right. He wasn't in the yeah. frat, but yeah. Brandon was such an ace in the hole, they had to get him. And then uh, the college hoops three and three turning with was... Steve and Dick when Dick, when Dick overdosed. Right, uh, and and uh, there was a uh, L.A. Kings practice. They went and did a hockey game. Oh yeah, you're right. Forgot about the L.A. Kings practice. Yeah, uh, I'm going to give as the winner the flag football because it was really this is a pretty big frat. It was pretty hard for me to believe that five seven Brandon. It, granted, his he had Wes Welker obviously had had the moves and was shifting all that, but really hard for me to believe he was the reason that they lost the championship game because he couldn't get to the game in time. Um, yeah, that's a pretty good one. I think the three on three basketball tournament again, five foot seven with not a lot of speed, right? And didn't look real comfortable dribbling the ball. He's Canadian. Yeah, he exactly. Basketball in Canada. Um, I mean, just the fact that they, the L.A. Kings practice, that was the most ridiculous. Well, see, but in stretch, the college but, hoops, in the intramural 3-3 three and three tourney, it, it wasn't a good attempt to make him look athletic. Flag football, I actually was watching it going, wow, he could have played in the CFL <laughs> <laughs> with some of the characters. So I'm giving you to that. Uh, All right, uh, quickly. All right, fine, CFL. Best Ray Pruitt song. Here are the nominees. Running Away From Me, Hold mm -hmm. On, Drive, I Know the Game, and last but not least, The Comfort of Strangers. Bill, I'm going to let you pick this one entirely all by yourself. I don't have a strong opinion on the music of Ray Pruitt. Well, they, 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 there's only one answer. They, he had one great song that uh, I'm not sure why it wasn't a gigantic hit in the mid-90s. It really should have been. It was as good as any Wallflower song, put it that way. Running Away With Me. Right. Had the guy come in, tell me when it, and then they come in, let me tell you why, why, that chorus, sorry I had to mangle that, but it, w it was good, that song still holds up, it's on my iPod, I'm not ashamed to admit it. I demand that everyone, uh, all of your BS report listeners, yeah. take that clip of you singing Ray Pruitt and make it their, uh, their ringtone. Splice me into it. Yeah, make, uh, make, it, make it their ringtone. One more from David Walker and Charlotte, who is the... Uh, very prolific. The winner of just... I mean, a lot of readers sent in some great stuff, but he was the one that it was like, I can't even touch these. These categories are so good. I'm just going to run them verbatim. 
Best Dylan Bender. Wow. The nominees. Body shots off a glorified hooker in front of Kelly. Right, yep. Heroin OD in his Porsche going off a cliff. <laughs> Getting so drunk that he skimmed off the top of the peach pit after dark cut, leading to Nat saying, you stole from me? <laughs> uh, his two-bottle blackout in the camping trip. Right, yeah. His summer in Mexico where he had to leave his watch to pay his bar tab when they, the kids had to come get him, Senor Dylan. <laughs> and then finally... Uh, this happened after Brandon left, but we're throwing it in anyway. When he started doing drugs again after he came back, and he bumped into Donna, and she hit her head and almost drowned in the pool. A lot of good choices yeah, there. Yeah, really I, good choices. I, I, I mean, just, I, listen, this I, is... I, I, I like the international flavor of, uh, of Mexico. Of Senor Mexico, Dylan. Uh, Senor Dylan. I like that. I believe heroin was involved at that point. I could be wrong on that one. I, I think he was just getting bombed. I know, I know that he, I know that he definitely did heroin at some point during the show. All right, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to overrule you here because the okay. best moment was the body shots off the hooker because not only was it a great scene and a little right. racy at the time, but he also insulted Kelly. Right, that's true. And he said the whole thing of, "Well, you don't, you don't, you don't expect me to think you came here just because you wanted to talk," <laughs> and uh, really kind of hurt her feelings. I just enjoyed the whole scene. All right, I'll give you that one. That body one. shots. Body body shots up the hooker. I'll let you decide this one. Worst okay. couple. Nominees. Right. Andre and Jesse. Right. Brenda and Dylan. Claire and Steve. Kelly and her single white female stalker. <laughs> Steve and Hillary Swank, who had a kid. Right. That was just, oh, oh my God, a dreadful pot. That was Donna and Joe Bradley, the the QB who didn't yeah, have a personality. It was 5'7". Uh, Donna and Cliff the Fireman. And then oh. finally, Brandon and Tracy the Broadcaster. I, I, to me, there's only one winner, but uh, I, I'll let you overrule it. Well, poor Andrea and Jesse, I think, is the obvious choice here, but I'm not going to go with that one. I think it's the oh. cause, well, listen, I, I think you're already sunk when you go into Andrea Land. I actually, the guy that played Jesse, Mark Damon Espinosa, is actually a friend of mine. I haven't talked to him in years. I swear to God. But that's one of those Hollywood things. I actually, like, swear to God, actually a friend of mine, a great guy. He had um, some good moments. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, that was... I. And the I, poor guy, like, because I was actually friends with him while he was on at the time during the show, because yeah. he, he was actually good friends with an actor that was on the show that I was working on, and, like, so I, I met him through that, and uh, we hung out and actually played tennis a bunch, oddly, and uh, enough. But anyway, but Mark um, was always just like, I'd be like, ah, how's it going on the show? He's like, ah, they're cutting all our good stuff. That was always the there thing. There was good stuff? Uh, apparently, there was magic between him and on, uh, him and Gabrielle Carteris. Who was like just, 36 at that point. Yeah, it just, but uh, so I felt no, bad listen, for Mark. They're, great they're guy, winning great this guy good actor. Um, I, I would nominate, so are you considering this category like something that's got to be a long arc? But I mean, because if, if Kelly and her Starkins are, how about, I'll throw in Steve Sanders and his Palm Springs transvestite. Oh, see, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed it because that had actually like a dated. It had the crying game. They were right. like stealing from the crying game. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Andre and Jesse just every time they came onto the screen, you, were you, bored. you just I know. wanted to fast forward. Um, Donna annoyed me. Uh, Donna and Cliff, the firefighter, because yeah, it started with that when she was saving the deer. Yeah. You remember, really? Uh, yeah, that was bad. That was pretty. That was pretty bad. Um, Andre, Andre Jesse, Jesse though lasted a year and a half. Year and a half. We're gonna. Uh, you're right. I, I mean, you're bored every single time. It's. it's uh, sorry. Best sorry, dad. Mark. Best dad. Jim Walsh, Russ Sanders, Dylan's dad, Donna's dad, or Doctor Mel Silver. Which well, there were many, many dads. Many, many dads of. I mean, many guys that played Rush. I'm sorry, that played uh, Jack McKay. True. There were a couple Jack McKays. Best um, dad. I, I gotta say, Jim Walsh. I just thought. Uh, I thought well, he had all the, the best fighting moments. with Dylan and the, yeah, and, the, the Dylan. and the backstabbing. Although I have to say, I enjoyed Rush. I uh, enjoyed him too. I liked his toop. It's right. <laughs> kind of an over dad. He would show up at like intramural games, right? And and he bought you know the what? peach pit. Let's hear it for Mel, like this balding, nerdy uh, mm. guy, you know, ladies dentist, man. and you know, was the ladies' man. Like, yeah. got Kelly's mom, and then cheated on Kelly's mom, and yeah, you know. Uh, so certainly props there. Uh, and, I, uh, and don't forget, don't forget, uh, Valerie's dad who abused her. Well, <laughs> he can't win best dad. <laughs> Probably not. He's definitely um, a dark horse in the candidate in the category. I'm going to give, uh, I'm going to give this award to Jim Walsh, but yeah. 
I got to say, special props for Dr. Melsover. I really enjoyed him. Uh, I think he was the guy from Eddie and the Cruisers, so I, I enjoyed him from way back when. And uh, right. and and his twin was on Not Necessarily the News. And I, 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 props to the whole Lawrence family. Best mom, there's only one nominee, Cindy Walsh, and she's the winner. Do- totally disagree. I mean, how are you defining best mom? Like an actually mom. good mom on a the mom show? You'd, a parent you'd want. Oh, okay. Right. Because well, to me, it's like the mom you enjoy the most. And to me, uh, I, th- I think Carol Potter... Uh, you know, Carol Walsh is not in there at all. Uh, so, well, if you're going to go that route, then you'd go with Donna's mom, who was like just a, <laughs> an open racist and just a horrible person and a snob. Whoa, 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 whoa. What about, what, about, what about Kelly's mom, who's like, you know, uh, got her addicted to drugs when she was like, you know, shoving her into teen modeling and then yeah. had her own addiction problems and then marries Mel and then, uh, you know, and then has a kid. Uh you know, I think she's in the she's in the conversation, and then um, yeah, but you can't for for the greatest mom moment, nothing will and top Samantha Sanders for the love of God. Loved her sitcom son more than Steve. Turned yeah. out to be a lesbian later in the show. Oh yeah, that was a controversial lesbian plot, right? Um, but tell me, tell me this though: yeah. what tops the debutante ball when Donna is dancing with the Sean and right. and they cut over to the table, and Donna's mom is just just sheer disgust. How dare you dance with an African American? What I, way, again? I'm telling who you, who was more loathsome than her? Uh, <laughs> no, it's just, uh, there's no question. But and yeah, and and she cheated. Uh, but I didn't enjoy her as much. I'm just saying. Okay. I probably I would probably say Kelly's mom. Okay. I'd say Jackie Taylor would be my mom for well. Quote, this spelled best. Mom, but I'm telling you, see, once again, racism rears its ugly head at the debutante ball. Yeah, it's true. Let's add that to the nominees. Right. Well, this spills into the worst parent category, and this is one of my favorite categories, honestly. Right. Dylan's mom, who lived in Hawaii and <laughs> right. didn't care that he was, you know, no. addicted to various things. Mm-hmm. Valerie's dad, who uh, molested her and right. she ended up shooting him. Scott Scanlon's mom, who kept a gun in the house, <laughs> and then he ended up killing himself with it. Right. Samantha From- Sanders, all the reasons you mentioned. Right. Dr. Melsova, we talked about him. Kelly's mom and Donna's mom. Um, here's my pick is Mrs. Scanlon. Wow. Because uh, because her son actually died. Okay. But that was an accident. If Scott hadn't been playing with a gun, it wouldn't well, have Well, they shouldn't have had a gun in the house. Shouldn't have had a gun in the house. Fair enough. But it wasn't a willful act. Come on. Valerie's dad slept with her. And I'm going to nominate not just Valerie's dad, but Valerie's parents, because Valerie's mom knew Ooh. about it yeah. and kept quiet and was ultimately going to turn her in. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. When, when, it, when we found out that Valerie had actually shot her father, that he hadn't committed suicide or whatever. All right. So we're, we're going to give Come the on. word to Valerie's parents. Yeah. They're going to co-own it. Yeah. Uh, the Malones. You'll like this one. Buffalo. The single dumbest episode ever. Oh, boy. God, a lot of nominees. Nominees, uh, yeah, we had to narrow this down. I knew, I, we could have had 50 nominees, but we narrowed it down to eight. The, uh, the 60s flashback show where right. Bre- Brenda found a journal. Right, and, and the, um, the best part of that episode is at the very end, she's crying. Brandon comes into a room after she's, like, she's imagined this whole 60s flashback when she reads the journal of someone who used to live in the room. Yeah. And he comes back, so she's there, and she's crying, and she imagines everyone as, as you know, in the 60s, and it's all terrible. They're all in terrible costumes, and, yep. you know, of course, uh, you know, Dylan's fighting the war, and, you know, doesn't, you know, is a protester, and it's all terrible. Anyway, so Brandon comes ter- in. It was terrible. Oh, it's awful. It's, it's so really awful. horrible. It's Go so ahead. awful. And so, and there's no excuse because that was early in the run. Yeah. I mean, like season 10, you sort of get it. You're running out of ideas. Yeah. But so there's no excuse for that. And um, anyway, so Brandon comes into the room at the very end and Brenda's crying and she closes the book and Brandon's like, what? And Brenda just turns to him and goes, I still love Dylan. Uh, the worst. The worst. So great. Uh, See, and I love that. I love the worstness of it. All right. Well, that we have more nominees. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. What do Steve, I Steve Befriend's nursing home patient, yes. Milton Burrow. The, the, <laughs> the great one about this was that it was co-written by Ian yes. Deering. Yeah. It, it was, was like he, he was like he just badgered the 90210 producers with his nursing home idea until they did it. Oh, and it's so clear that somebody like what Steve's age, Ian Deering's agent was like, listen, listen, everyone likes you. You're popular, but we need to we need to show that you've got some chops. Yeah. We need to make you a movie star after this. Well, uh, I wrote this. Tw- I wrote this twelve years ago, and it still stands. Um, 
He was the Tim Wakefield of that team. You like having him on the team, but you never want him involved in key plots. It's fun to have around. It's fun to have a knuckleballer. You don't want him pitching a game seven. That is such Thank. a great analogy. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's as good as that's as good as you get, Bill. It's as right good there. as I can get, right yeah. there. Uh, next nominee is Brandon playing himself as an old Jewish jewelry store owner <laughs> with a ton of makeup, yes. and then they had to go split screen where he's uh, buying the ring from himself. Uh, what, what happened there? But, yeah, and he might have directed that episode, too, because that was around the time when he was directing. Oh, you think that got the directed by Jason Priestley tech? Uh, I think so. What, what season was that? Do we know? It was later. It was like their last year in college. Um, because he, I mean, that was, he's even, he started directing after he left the show. He was still on the show and he was listed as right. an executive producer. I think he the, did that. Did he do the departed? Oh no, that was Martin Scorsese. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> so, so it's odd. It's odd All right. That uh, more nominees. The dreams of Dylan McKay. Oh, when he's in a coma dreams. after the Porsche car accident. Right. And he's like, there's like, it's like a Western and all kinds of, and he's making out with, uh, Donna and Don, all these on different the characters, table. and and then his uh, his half sister Erica is dressed up like John Benet Ramsey. It's <laughs> just horrible. Uh, College Jeopardy, right? It's like yes. one of those transition episodes where they're kind of between good plots, and they're like, "Oh, we'll have a College Jeopardy." Uh, Steve goes to New Mexico to find his birth mother, which yes. on paper a nice plot, but again, Steve was the Wakefield of this show. Hmm. Dylan's half sister is a hooker. Yes, this was late in the run, season eight. The, yeah, exactly. This See, is that's when you one really, that's also post Brandon, I believe. No, no, no it was, he was still on the show because him and Kelly were dating, and they just oh, is that Erica? I thought. Oh, that's here. right. You're right. You're right. Yep. This is when we knew the show was jumping the shark, and there was no way to stop it, but uh, but it kept going anyway. And then finally, your favorite, and probably the winner of this category, Don and David playing their grandparents <laughs> in World War II era. I think there's more nominees for this category. Well, I, I tried to narrow off, it down. That's, I, that's eight nominees. I know, but I, I, ha, the the It's a Wonderful Life parody. Oh, shit. And the school bus. Come on. You got to bleep that show beat. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I forgot about It's a Wonderful Life. That's yeah, that got to be on the list. That at least had the possibility of Andrea dying in a bus accident. <laughs> um, the winner, though, I'm going to give it to Don and David as their grandparents because it right. involved... It, it was so elaborate, and, and right. Tori Spelling had to act, and it just – it was just horrible. You, you agree or disagree? Uh, no, no, no. I, I think that one – yeah, because at least the 60s episode still had the, the core cast. But with them, as it was like – because Donna and David had this uh, torn relationship, you know, this kind of yeah. star-crossed relationship, and I think it's Donna's grandmother – I forget what it's one of those. I think it's Donna's grandmother that says like, oh, you know, they were against me and my boy, you know, my husband when we were dating and they flash back. And yeah, it's Donna and David uh, playing the parts of Donna's grandparents. And it's just it's, you know, it's World War Two era and it's like bad makeup and terrible acting. Right. Uh, Yeah, it's um, that's definitely that. What about. I have one more nominee for this okay. for this category. We'll, we'll make it we'll 10 nominees. What ten, is it? 10 nominees, even though we've already declared the winner. But uh, a tabloid TV show decides, for some reason, like hard copy, oh, yeah, basically decides to do a, an episode, uh, a feature on West Beverly, yep. which makes no sense at all. Why? What, you know, think about that. Why would hard copy or, you know, inside, uh, you know, uh, the, uh, what is it? Access Hollywood. Why would Access Hollywood or Hard Copy or something like that do a show about a high school? And then, and then, okay, so then Brenda, they interview Brenda, and they get her to talk about all of her friends, which no one in America knows about, right? If this yeah. is the re- if this is reality, it's like think about this. If you were watching Hard Copy, and all of a sudden they're doing a show about what some high school I've never heard of any of these people, and this girl's talking about all of her friends, yeah. and then. And then the producer has such a cri- – and no one talks to Brenda because after it airs. And then the producer has such a crisis of conscience that she quits her job as a producer at this network show because they re-edited it from what she originally wanted to do, which was this interesting feature about a group of people you've never heard of. See, I enjoyed that episode. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> uh, it's a terrible, terrible plot. I would watch it again. I'm going to defend it. I, I'd watch any one of these episodes again. I'd watch no, Don I and David as their grandparents No, I, again. I couldn't watch that one again. That's why that's the winner of this category, because I would rather uh, sit through a 2010 Red Sox game in September than watch that <laughs> wow. episode again. Here's a great category. Okay. Best way that Brandon Walsh was like me. 
All right. Here are the nominees. We looked alike. Right. We had the same haircut for four years in college. <laughs> we were close to our dads. We refused to smoke pot in high school or college. Right. We had a major gambling problem. Yeah. We both worked for the Boston Herald. Right. We both had a thing for Tiffany Amber Thiessen. <laughs> right. Yeah. We both had a column in college for our college newspaper. Right. Neither of us wanted to join a frat, but we liked being around them. And then finally, we had trouble doing three-step handshakes with African-American athletes. <laughs> that was one of my, one of the toughest things that, uh, for me, I just, I, and still age 40, I still can't do it. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to say the winner of that is all of the above. I, I would agree. I would agree. Did you call your, uh, did you call your editor by his, uh, his or her last name in college? I don't think I did, but I wish I had. Right. Finally, uh, craziest female character. The nominees, Kelly Taylor, Don't Sleep on Her, Valerie Malone, Emily Valentine, Laura, the crazy actress that you loved, who ended right. up trying to uh, kill herself by jumping off the stage. She yeah, well, the she, top she and, this whole elaborate, that's another category, by the way, best suicide attempt, because there were a lot of them. Oh, that, that might have been the best one. Well, yeah, there's that, but you've got, remember, you've got... Uh, you got Valerie and David standing on the, David on the cliff of that, whatever. Do you want to jump? Right. On the cliff, and then Valerie goes back to that cliff later, and certainly, and Dylan, I think, had a, you know... Yeah, he was big. So we got her, and then we got the racist volleyball player. Right. And then finally, the horse sex columnist. From, oh, that's uh, right. The year because... after they, with the Beverly Beat, they hired her, and she had like a weird red wig, and she really wasn't that attractive, but she kind of was, and she finally seduced Brandon. Right, exactly, and then played the tape for Kelly. Yeah. Right, blackmailed Brandon. Good plot. I kind of enjoyed that yeah, one. Yeah, not a bad plot at all. I don't think I think again we should make this um I think we should make this regular cast members and guest stars. Let's divide that. All right, so re- so regular cast members And Valerie by the way, Malone as wins. long as we're talking about regular cast members, you got to throw Claire Arnold in there. Yeah, she's pretty weird. She I mean, especially early on. All right. Uh, especially early on. And uh, I, I would say Kari Wer as as Ariel should be in the uh, nominees of the guest Ooh, stars. That I like crazy I like too. how you think. Yeah. The she music exec. All right, so we'll give uh, Valerie Malone wins for cast. Of course. And then for craziest female character, non-cast, I got to give it to Laura, the crazy uh, yes. actress. Accused Steve of rape, tried yeah. to uh, then befriended Brenda, and then uh, and then uh, attempted to do a, some sort of crazy public suicide on the stage. Yeah. Which which somehow a little bit married Streetcar Named Desire or whatever right. play they were doing. Um, all right, this category only has one nominee. Best IMD, best IMDb description of an episode. <laughs> and here's the winner. Season one, episode nine, isn't, isn't it romantic? Uh, they aired the show January 3rd, 1991. Here's their description. When Brenda finds herself falling in love with Dylan, it results in Br- Brandon's wariness and Jim's strongly opposed to it due to Dylan's lifestyle and his father, who gets indicted for corporate financial fraud. Meanwhile, Steve meets a girl who will be speaking at an AIDS seminar at school, which leads everyone into discussing condoms. <laughs> You're not picking that. No, it's pretty good. It just captures the air. Uh, best recurring character who wasn't a by, parent. By the way, uh, once again, another like I'm just telling you, it's the rapiest series ever. Not yeah, to, not to, I'm not making That's fun of. That's a soap of, opera making, thing, though. Right. I'm not making fun of the, uh, you know, the crime, which is horrible. But like seriously, like the AIDS, the the Steve with the AIDS thing. The reason she got that, remember, was oh she'd yeah, been, she'd been she'd, she'd, she'd yeah. been raped. Good point. I'm telling you, like... Yeah, that would have been a depressing category. Uh, yeah, it's a very depressing category. Um, it, it comes up all the time in this show. It's insane. Best recurring character who wasn't a parent but couldn't make the opening credits. Here are the nominees. Deshaun Hardell. Okay. Basketball star, uh, Cal University. Nats Cook. Willie. The big, the big... Willie, the jolly black guy. Right. Alex Diaz. Brandon's uh, opposition for student government in college. He oh, kept trying yeah. to run the runaround on him. And he also looked like he was about 35 years old. I think Jimmy Smith was going to play him, but they decided Jimmy Smith was, was too young and they needed to go with this guy instead. Months. Oh, Months is great. Love, Love Months. Love uh, Mrs. Teasley. Yes, of course, Mrs. Teasley. And then Steve's half-brothers, which they weren't really uh, good, but I did enjoy that they tried to work Randy Spelling uh, into the show uh, see, I think repeatedly should, and unsuccessfully. I think that should, Let's stop here for one second, because that was a category I was going to bring up. Most annoying spelling. Is it Randy or Tori? Now, Randy, obviously, I think more annoying just as a character and the fact that they try to shove him in there, but obviously Tori there for the entire you know uh, length of the series and has a lot more annoying moments. So I think this could go either way, Bill. Randy. 
I mean, it was just yeah. such an obvious Aaron Spelling saying, hey, you need to work my son in the show. Why don't you make him Steve's half-brother? Right. And he's, he's so clearly, like, he can't act at all. And they'd actually tried to shove him in earlier in the, like, I think he's he makes an appearance in season one or two. Mm. Well, um, but then shows up as uh, Randy. So, so this is best character, not in the opening best recurring credits. character who never made the opening credits. And really, for me, it's down to Munts and Deshaun Hardell, and I don't know where to go on it. Uh, I sort of like Mrs. Teasley because it's just so uh, absolutely ridiculous. Did you ever um, not enjoy a moment with Munts though? Ah, uh, Munts. I think I think you're right. It's probably Munts. I would like to throw in a couple other nominees though before we go- give it to Munts. Okay, uh, Duke. Brandon's friendly bookie. Oh, Duke, Duke the bookie. I Duke, forgot about Duke the bookie. Duke the bookie. <laughs> that played by Billy Vera. Right. Yes. A Billy Vera and the Beaters. Yeah. Right. And dressed like it was 1940s. Yeah. Like he was a 1940s bookie. Good one. Um, so I think him, uh, Nat never made, the, no, Nat did make the Nat made credits. the credits. Yeah. yeah. Nat ultimately made the credits. Uh, and by the way, he's not one of the best recurring characters because he drove me nuts. But we have to talk about if we were talking worst couples, yeah. we should have nominated Stuart and Brenda. Remember the guy? She oh, gets I thought I said to? her. Yeah, he's coming up. He's in least favorite recurring character. Okay, I thought I mentioned them in best couple. Maybe I didn't. Uh, I don't think so. Or worst couple. I, uh, worst worst couple. knowing couple. Um, yeah, then somehow they slipped out. They of there. slipped out, as did Colin and his uh, pretentious art. Oh, I, I enjoyed him though. Colin and Kelly. Uh, mm. So uh, you, months? I, I, Can I we give this months. to months? Yeah. I think it's months. And, and it, it, even if you're on the fence, you got to give him credit for uh, he was the one who found out that the basement was on fire at Steve's rave and, uh, and right. got mo- most everybody out of there. Right. Except for uh, you, except for except for Kelly, who somehow managed to survive just <laughs> getting a, a lot of burns in places that we couldn't see on camera. Yeah, the fireman managed to see her. Uh, that managed to hear her downstairs in the bathroom that was off the screening room. Uh, it was a little sketchy. Least favorite recurring character. Nominees. This is a great category. This almost should have been a main category. Uh, Charlie, Dylan's rehab buddy. Oh, God. He, yeah. did, he did not have a worthwhile scene in a, in a solid year. Joe Bradley, the uh, the midget the, football quarterback who didn't have a personality. With, uh, yeah, with no, with no heart, right? No, he had a bad heart, and uh, it was always funny that he was this Div One college quarterback stud, right? And yet he was the same Jason height Priest's as Brandon. Height. Yeah, I mean, right. it was like unless you're going to say he's like a Doug Flutie type, I can't buy him as a QB. Jasper from Jasper's Legend. Oh, right, David's band. Yep, Ray Pruitt's mom. Right. Okay. Got Carl it. the Carl the Prince. Oh yeah, who paid for Steve's birthday party? And Stuart Carson. Yeah, who you just mentioned, Brenda. Right. I would nominate Colin. I, I was annoyed by Colin and his pretentious art. Okay. I would also nominate... But he did get hooked. He did hook Kelly on Coke, which was which turned out to be fantastic. <laughs> no question. Points for that. And he got involved in a high-speed... Their, their nod to OJ. He yep. got involved in a high-speed uh, televised case. Uh, <laughs> that tel- could have been a category. Best, uh, best rip-off of a real-life headline for a plot. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see. And I feel like there's one other guy that we're... Well, we got to keep moving. I mean, Emily, so. Emily Valentine, old Emily Valentine. Oh yeah, let's. I I'll think. just put Emily Valentine in. Okay. Yeah. Um, the winner to me is Charlie the rehab buddy. I just hated his character. Uh, it didn't make sense. He's they're writing a movie together. He's working at a hotel. I just get him out of there. He he was he was pretty terrible. Oh, but I'll nominate by the way Dylan's fake half sister mom, the Erica's Ooh. mom. Oh, <laughs> Dylan's uh, fake family. Dylan's just fake throw family. All Okay. Just whenever the kid showed up and you're just like, oh, you know what I mean? Like that I did whole like plot. the guy's mustache. <laughs> All right. It's a strong mustache. Right. <laughs> Almost looked like they pasted it on but, before. But that whole it. that whole plot, uh, that whole plot. And uh, hold on. We, all right. So we'll, let's give this to uh, Charlie, the rehab buddy and move on because we got two more right. prelims and then we're going to go to a part two. Most unrealistic peach pit after dark performer. Luther Vandross, yep. The Flaming Lips, Christina Aguilera, Bare Naked Ladies, The Coors, Collective Soul, and Brian McKnight. I think Luther Vandross. Me too. Because there's just no – any of the other ones, like, they're sort of young and hip, and, like, you could make the argument that here's a young hip club and maybe it's some get some buzz going. But there's absolutely – there's no one in that audience that is in Luther Vandross's audience. You know? I'm with you. He's I, the winner. I, and by the way – uh, best band to play, best band made by Peach Pit After Dark, Maroon Five. 
Oh, Maroon Five played at the Peach Pit after dark. Thank you to AJ Mass, my fellow fantasy columnist, who uh, sent that to me. Best random that one. Best random character name that the writers came up with. Just the name itself. Here are the nominees: Cooper Hargrove, Ginger (laughs) LaMonica, Griffin Stone, Derek Driscoll, Mm -hmm. Jordan Bonner, or Claudia Van Eck. Hmm. I like Cooper Hargrove. I just thought that was a magnificent name. It's a pretty good one. I'll give you that one. Uh, Griffin is pretty uh, pretty out Griffin there. Griffin Stone was good, too. It really comes down to those two. Yeah. Um, I don't feel strongly about it. I'll let you have that one. Before we go to part two and we go to the big categories, Joe Mead. Yes. Do you want me to act out the scene when David Silver uh, finally snaps after his friend Scott kills himself, or should we just not do that? Well, I think once you tease it, you got to do it. All right. I'm going to play David Silver. Um, Barry is going to play Brandon. And uh, this is the scene after Scott kills himself. And nobody knows how to act around David. And Brandon does comes over and does the UOK routine on him. Right. And, and he finally snaps. And more important, they're on the, he's at the radio station. He's at the high school radio station. Remember, David was a DJ at right. the time. Right. He was a DJ. And Brandon wants to write a story about Scott, and he needs David to give a quote on it, and David doesn't want to. And, and then as they're talking, he hits the microphone so that this goes through the whole school, and here's what happens. Here's Brian Austin Green. Uh, me as Brian Austin Green as David Silver. Look, he was a jerk, okay? He was a jerk who blew himself away. That's who he was. You don't know. You left early. You missed out on the fun part when you picked up a loaded gun and twirled around like he was Wyatt Earp. You weren't there to see him goof up and bleed all over his mom's Persian rug. David, the uh, microphone is on. I don't care. No one gave a rat's ass about Scott until he died, and I was the worst one of all. He was my best friend, and I dropped him because he wasn't cool like you or Kelly or Steve. David. So they're looking at me. So what? They've been looking at me for days, Brandon. Oh, poor David. Is he going to be okay? I hope he hasn't cracked up yet. I can't even walk through the halls without someone in my face trying to cheer me up like they're my best friend. What about my old best friend? It doesn't matter what you write about him in that paper, Brandon. It doesn't matter what you say about someone once they're gone. What matters is how you treat them when they're still here. I guess you can quote me on that. NC. Thank you. There you go. For your Thank consideration. You. Thank you. Uh, I think I actually acted that better than Brian Austin Green did. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> All right. Stay tuned for part two of the 90210 Awards on the BS Report coming at you right now. Thank you for downloading the BS Report with Bill Simmons. Too much. Check out more podcasts at the iTunes Music Store or at Podcenter at ESPNRadio.com. Peace out.